Christmas. It's KKFN and KKFN HD1, Longmont, Denver. Just after 5 o'clock. The 5 o'clock whistle, powered by smart local union nine sheet metal workers. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by Great Range Premium Bison. Sean Payne on Russell Wilson stacking, stacking, stacking. I'm a little bit more like making sure we're we're progressing as a team, and and certainly like today, Cortland had a fantastic practice, and you know I said this before. There's always ebbs and flows to this training camp, defense and offense, and um, and and. You know, having success offensively is important because, you know, that you, you get you gain that confidence maybe that you need, and uh, that only comes from 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 it actually happening. So, um, but overall, we've had a good week. And what you want to see out of Russ? Well, the same thing I'm hoping to see out of the rest of the starters. You know, you want to get in there, you want to see clean execution, um, timing. Um, you know, most importantly for for the quarterback is you know you're moving the ball and. and Giving yourself a chance to score, um, I think it'll be important for everyone, not just him. And the starters? Yeah, that's that's a little bit more on what I was discussing the other day, and all of a sudden that made national news. So, I I, I, I think that it's important. I said it last night. It, it may not be the most important game for a handful of players, but in some cases, it's the most important game uh, in some players' life. And, and so, just that. You know, that respect for the game and that we're into the game. We're paying attention to who's in. And and, um, and I think, you know, I think that's really important. You know, whoever's in the game, you know, you're you're helping them when they come off to the sidelines. A lot of young players, some of them their first game. So um, that's the good part about it. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 presented by Great Range Premium Bison. Andrew Mason joins us in about five minutes. Orlando Franklin, what did you see out there today? What mattered? What didn't matter? What mattered is the Broncos have figured out a way to get some depth on this offensive line. Hello. Talk to me. I mean, Isaiah Prince, let's go, young fella. I'm excited for this guy. I I really am. I think they have found their swing tackle. I think they have found. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. Isaiah Prince, not Cam Fleming? Oh, no, no, no. It's Isaiah Prince for me. Really? I watched him get it done in one-on-ones, a guy that understood his body control, um, wasn't oversetting anybody, wasn't out of, out of, um, didn't play out of his body framework. Mm-hmm. Would run guys, make them run the hump, force guys to run you around like, him. You like Prince I, more than Fleming? I like Prince more than Fleming. And okay. I saw the physicality in the run game when you came up the team. Um, offensively, I saw offense that was clicking. You know, they, they looked like they were gelling. Everybody understood. And there was a certain, you know, pace to it where it definitely passed the eye test for me. Okay. How was Russ today? Sensational. I thought he had his best best day yet. Um, I What I loved about it the most was there was a play where Russ kind of pulls the ball down, runs down the field, probably runs right, what, 50, 60 yards, and then it's, oh, get back in the huddle, run another play. And he gets back in the huddle and finds success on that other play, where for me that's a guy that's in a lot better shape than I've seen him last year mm-hmm. Under and is understanding he knew that he had another play, but yet he still wanted to finish the play. You think so? so? Yes. I truly believe he knew. He, he, wasn't, showing, he wasn't showing off a little bit? 
you you might be showing off because you, you're, you're this, running. This is what we. But do. at the same time, for you to go run fifty yards down the field and know that oh my goodness gracious, I got to get back in this huddle, call another play, and for him to find success in that play. Now we're talking about it. Now we're playing football, baby. Okay. Um, so there wasn't a mental lapse. There wasn't a fatigue or he didn't see fatigue in his body now with the next play because he just ran no. 50 yards full sprint he and then had to jog back. And He completed the next play. It was yeah. like third and nine or something. He completed it. Yeah. Got so a first down. That and the ball's coming out quicker. Mm. It's coming out a lot faster out of his hands. He just looks like he knows where to go with the football. Looks like he's... Thinking like Sean Payton out So there. what, do you think it's just time spent? We're together now. I think it's more trust in the 10 guys that are around him. Mm. Last year, that, that was the big thing for me. I thought Russ would get to the line of scrimmage, check into a play that he thought was good, and, hey, I could complete this ball. I've done it a million times. He would lock on to receivers and say, okay, Corlin, I want you to run this route. I think I could get it to you, and that was it. It didn't matter about the other nine guys. I think he's really tuned in to the other 10 guys that are surrounding them and their ability. When when you're in practice, and it's, it is practice, and there's a guy who's open and it's an easy throw, but it's not, you know, it is, it's not a big deal. It's a nice throw. It's right there. You've completed it before. But you do want to see what it feels like to get the ball down the field. Hmm. Do you hold anything against the quarterback for trying something in practice to see if that would work? Or should you just take the... Take the profit every single time. What's the situation? I don't know. I'll say it's like second and seven in a, you know, it's just kind of a second and seven sort of play. Okay, if we are just... But it's practice. Yeah, if we're in a period where it's just, hey, we're going to call it up, you might get a third and six, you might get a first and ten, and the coaches are trying to different, like, just, just, like, it's all over the place, Mm -hmm. yes, try it out. If you're in a practice now where... It's at the end of practice where, hey, it's a uh, – the Broncos worked on red area with the ones and twos today. Mm-hmm. No, you got to take what the defense gives you in a situation like that. So I think it's got to be more on schedule, on script for practice. I would say probably about 75% of the time. And 25% of the time you're going off script and, and you are taking that deep shot and seeing if Cortland's going to go up and get it. You are taking that deep shot to see if Jerry Judy's going to pull away from Damari Mathis at the last second and be able to have, display some great body control mm-hmm. and, and awareness of where the football, how the football's coming down. But more often than not, you need to be on schedule. So if it's a second and seven and this is where we're practicing, go get the first down. Yeah, well, I, what I like today is they were working on third downs, like third and two, then third and seven, and third and 11 even, you know. And on all of those plays, Russ was getting picking up the first downs. And he was helped because Cortland Sutton and Jerry Jr. were both making great catches. But it was just good to see. Like, they weren't sacks. It was on time. It was like, well, that's a first down. That's a first down. That's a first down. Yeah. You know, he wasn't trying to force it in those situations. Yeah, and I I think another thing that has helped out Russell Wilson as well, his eyes have been right because there has been less leakage up front. So the big fellas are getting it done in front of him, where last week, uh, Garrett Bowles is getting beat. And then, you know, Russ is pulling down the ball and trying to step up in the pocket. But then, oh, Lloyd Cushenberry wasn't able to hold mm-hmm. on to his block. And now it's like I got to make one more move, and now I'm trying to throw the ball. So the order of operation looks a lot cleaner for the entire offense. On the Ramoslaw.com text line, did the Broncos offense ever have a great day 
like they had today during Hackett's camp from Hal? Well, Hal, that's a good question because in Hackett's camp, today would have been the aggressive walkthrough day, Orlando. Mm. It would have been the third day, and on day three, um, they wanted to walk through aggressively, sort of like <gasps> Maze! I mean, the way he walks aggressively. How are you, fellas? I've been told. Smile. I've been told I have an intense stride. Uh, you got good. a smile that can light up a room, I'll tell you that. <laughs> good luck you, trying to keep yeah. up with Maze on a walk. Mm. Are you uh-uh. just a power walker? Yeah. You're going to set the pace? Yeah. yeah. You could have that. I- I'm, not, I'm, I'm focused more on the destination than enjoying the journey, unfortunately. I am a yeah. terrible walker. I am slow. I'm a journey guy. I'm sorry, what? I'm all about the journey. The I'm journey. I'm looking around. I'm seeing things, you know. Oh, look at that bird. You no, know, Mace, Mace is like he's in a race. <laughs> and yeah. and he's he's got the strong lower body mm. uh, with the powerful calves. Oh, those are some great-looking calves. His, oh, my gosh. His stride distance is not impressive. No, I have to make up for it with frequency. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. I, I have a short frequency. stride. Short yes. stride, good foot frequency. Yes. Why is um why is Russell Wilson stacking these days and having a good day like he did today, Mace? Well, there are a couple of reasons. First of all, he's growing more confident in this offense. It's definitely tailored more to him. It's what Sean Payton wants to do, but we've talked about it earlier. He um he can get through the progressions quick enough to where you get beyond the structure faster than you did in last year's offense. The other thing is I'm seeing great improvement in terms of him when he gets that first read and it's that slant and he's getting the ball out quickly. He he's thrown some lasers on those quicks the, those quick slants and those those quick drag routes in the last couple of days. I'd say the one Is there thing- more confidence in Russell Wilson or more confidence in his teammates that are around him? Oh, that's a good question. <sighs> Man, that's the, I think it's probably both. Um but I think, I think it's feeding off each other. It's kind of sim- it's like a symbiosis, right? I think their confidence and his confidence they're 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 accumulating to something that's greater than it was last year. And then you see it in evidence on plays like the one where he drops it in there to Cortland Sutton. He's got confidence in Court. Court appears to have confidence and more and more strength and more agility right now. His cuts are sharper when he's, which is allowing him to get separation. Just. It seems like everybody is on is on point. Now, this is not endemic to the offense specifically, but I was talking with PJ Locke after practice today, and he was talking about the special teams and how meetings are different because there's a lot more accountability and even kind of hey, in those meetings calling guys out when they're even when there's a walkthrough, calling a player out when there's a, when there's a mistake. There's an urgency there that wasn't there last year. Mm. And I think that what you see on special teams, you're also seeing on offense as well. I mean, I think it was yesterday when I think it was Logan Jordan Humphrey had a false start. Pulled right mm. then and there. Pulled, pulled from the drill. And I think that's, and I think that's sent the right message to these guys. And you're seeing, uh, you're seeing some sharper play. Well, Russ, uh, good day for us again. We'll see how it translates. Uh, how was Garrett Poles today, O? I thought he was good, not great. Um, in one-on-ones, he was great. But when it when he got to team drills, I want to see Garrett Bowles. He was back to in the full practice today, yeah, right? Yeah, he wasn't sitting out anything Yeah, today. I didn't see him sit not out like at yesterday. all. like yesterday. 
But I want to see Garrett Bowles' confidence, kind of what we're just talking about. I want to see his confidence grow. Um, and that's when he's on the front side of runs. I want to see, you know, hey, come hella high water, I'm going to get this guy to either go backwards or I'm going to get him to go sideways down the line of scrimmage. But I'm not going to hesitate. Where sometimes with his footwork and his tracking, it's almost like, oh, I put my second step in the ground. Is this guy coming inside? You know, he's just not rolling off the ball like I would like to see him do. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, playing next to big uh, uh, Ben Powers, they want to run the ball behind you guys. There's mm-hmm. a reason why they paid. You guys got both are paid in this league. But right now, if you notice, when the offense plays are called, they are running the ball a little bit more to the right side. So Isaiah Prince is getting opportunities. Quinn Miners is getting opportunities. Where I want to see a left side say, the heck with that. Third and two? Oh, it's coming right here. Mm. And everybody knows it's coming right here. And we're going to go get this thing done. Takeaways on the uh, depth chart, Miss. Well, I do wonder if there's a little bit of a message being sent to Albert Okwebenam, even though Sean Payton said it's in pencil. And well, I don't know if you're in pencil as you're the fifth guy. Well, I'll tell you what. You're in last place. Okay. That's a strong pencil. Well, you know, there's one guy below him, and it's Tommy Hudson. He's the sixth tight, tight end. And yet it was Tommy Hudson who was on the receiving end of a nice pass from Russell Wilson today. Mm. So they're still, in other words, yeah, they're still can, what, shuffling them around. What can Alberto actually do, though, guys? What actually could he do at this point? Show that he's a Avenger this Friday? Okay. That he, he's an Avenger and he's not, um, not. But they already what, what know he's say? He, like he's, if you, it's either you're Avenger or what, you're, you're not you're, Avenger, you're Avenger or you're, 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 you're Ant-Man? You're Iron Man or you're Ant-Man. <laughs> they're all Avengers, but you're either an Avenger or you're, you're you know, a healthy dad dropping your kid off at campus middle school. I but mean, there's you know. been multiple things with Alberto. It's not just the not willingness now to block. It's also the false starts. We talked about the first time the Broncos ran a two-minute. Mike McGlinchey jumps outside. Now it's first and 15. Guess who jumps outside right there? Alberto. Now it's first and 20. So I think it's Sean Payton. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Sean Payton sending a strong message, but also giving Albert O a unique opportunity. You should look great on tape. When you cut out the Broncos cut on the tape on Saturday morning, Albert O should, you know, have a couple touch, have a couple catches and maybe even a touchdown and get an opportunity to just ragdoll somebody in the running game. Now, does he take that opportunity and all those opportunities? We'll see. Hey, when the, when this comes out, do you guys talk about it in the locker room? With the, the, the chart? Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know, D-Mac. I've always been the starter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not trying to flex or anything, but seven years in the NFL. Yeah. I wasn't really looking at the that depth was a, chart. That was <laughs> humble brag mode right there from you, touché, Orlando. Touche, I mean, yeah. sorry. I wasn't touché, really trying to go there, but touché. that kind of was the case. Yeah. Right. But I'm sure some... People pay attention to it. Okay. You had first you, all, you had first team first world problems. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. like like I'm pretty sure if you're a wide receiver, you're paying attention to that, right? And if you're like a DB and a tight end, like I'm sure like Albert O was like, what the heck is this? Well, like, I was gonna point out <laughs> that's so funny. Today might have been a rough day for Montreal, Washington. And not that he might not see it coming, obviously, because they drafted Marvin Mims. But here you go. I mean, and you've had a pretty good camp. You're behind Mims everywhere. You're behind him in kick return and punt return, and you're way behind him in terms of being a receiver. Yeah, but at the same time, you're going to get some opportunities to 
to change that, especially when you go to the when, when you get to the games. Like for Albert O, so my theory, he, yeah, he's got to make him go ahead. My theory on that though is um, if you're Marvin Mims, he, Marvin Mims is on the, the number three on this depth chart with the injury to Brandon Johnson. So yeah. why are you going to keep him up as the number three, but now put him back on punt return and kick return? And that's you, a good question. Like you got to kind of keep him as the one. So when you shut him down, you're able to shut him down for the whole entire game. Yeah, I mean that, that, and that's a very fair point. Like if he's if he ends up being one of the top three receivers, that means he will probably not be used on yeah. special teams to, to that degree. I mean, basically, if if you're down the depth chart, you've got to do something to make yourself indispensable. Now, what we don't see on that depth chart is the special teams. We don't see like who are, you know it doesn't list the first team gunners. Oh, I right? see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to play a role as well. I mean, you. I guarantee you there are names that are down that depth chart, three, four, maybe even five on the, on those lines who end up making the team because they're actually at a higher level on the special teams. Where somebody you... will make a big play, but also somebody will just show it doesn't matter who lines up in front of me, I'm going to get past this guy and get down yeah. there and force a fair catch or something. Mm-hmm. Like Were that. you surprised that, uh, that McLaughlin was so low? Not really, because even though McLaughlin has impressed, that's just how they've been used at camp. Okay. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't think that means he's he's on the outs. I think it just means all right. We want to see it. In, we want to see it in the games. For him, it's he's made every 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 practice. He has an explosive run. Yeah. And he's shown the vision, and he's shown, and he's very smooth until in terms of how he goes through, smooth and quick. I think this is their way of saying all right. Let's see this when it when it's the lights go on. Let's see it in a game. Our analysis of training camp twenty twenty three is presented by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Yo. In your opinion, Mace, when you look at this depth chart, you too, D yes. what rooms have the most like can have the most movement? Like who can go from the bottom of this thing to number three or making this football team when you look at all these different rooms as far as the depth chart that was Handed out today. I think uh, there's room for movement at tight end. There's, you know, we talk about McLaughlin. There's room for movement at running back. I think there, in terms of the third team and the second team, I think there's some room for movement along the defensive line as well because we've seen a pretty liberal shuffling of players. Uh, we've, you know, we see PJ Mustafer, you know, out there with the with the ones from time to time, right? We see Jordan Jackson getting a look. So, I think there's, I think there is room for some for some upward downward movement at, at, at those positions. I'd even say uh you know down the depth chart at at cornerback. I think Traymond Smith is listed as a 3, but he can work his way back up to a 2 pretty easily. We're going to get back to Sean Payton and about how he's going to call plays and I I we'll see if I'm wearing my tinfoil conspiracy hat a little bit too tight. We'll do that here in about 10 minutes. Um what is going on in Washington with Eric Bieniemy? Mm. What is happening with that situation? Mm. Uh, what is going? I'll, I'll just to bring people up to speed. I guess the enemy got up in a meeting and was mean to players, yeah. and players com- complained to Ron Rivera, mm. and, and Ron Rivera said, "What? I mean, the <laughs> enemy can be mean." Yeah. And then he had to go back and say, "I put my foot in my mouth." Like, mm. what is happening there in Washington? Oh man. We all seen quarterback, right? And we see Patrick Mahomes and how fired up Patrick Mahomes gets. Yes. Oh, you know, um, EB, he's always been a pretty fiery guy. Always. We yeah. know that. Kind of That's what he's been. And when you go to now a bad football team, and the reason why you went to a bad football team is to get 
from under the shadow of Andy Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and hopefully now you could really get a, a head coaching job. I think that that's the only reason why he made this lateral movement. I mean, he's looking around in that locker room. It's like you got a bunch of people that are soft. Well, why is Ron, after them? Why is Ron Rivera putting his foot in his mouth and having to apologize the next day? I have no idea. You, what, what do you got there, Macy? So I mean, anything? it's. I think. It, I think he said he didn't quite convey what he yeah. wanted to convey. Like it, the 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 point that Rivera was trying to make today was that. One of the reasons he hired Eric Bieniemy was because he Bieniemy walked in and told him at the first meeting, "quote We got to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable." Mm-hmm. Well, I th- here's the th- like, I think it was one of those things where you hired him to shake it up, but then the players didn't like it. But then all of a sudden, it's like they're uncomfortable. No, with shaking that? it up means <laughs> getting uncomfortable. It me it means that you have to unlearn some of what you've learned. And look, when was the last time Washington had a winning season? I know they were in the playoffs in the COVID year. Or were they like 8-1 eight, eight, last year? They were 500, right? The fact that they're they, having... They, they haven't done bupkis in several years. No, okay, it, They need to have things shaken up there. And the fact that they're having these kind of issues, <laughs> that this is actually coming up. You got grown men going running to coach saying, hey, coach, this coach that we just brought in... He's mean to us? a little mean. I mean, soft, no sense. Soft. It's unbelievably soft. And this is who the Broncos are playing in week two. Mm. I mean, I love it. I mean, I, and I, EB. I don't know, well, man. EB's a fiery dude. Like, who doesn't know that? But here's the I mean, thing: if 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 they if Sam Howell and Sam Howell is having a good camp out there by all accounts, mm. if Sam Howell takes that and delivers in the regular season, everybody's gonna be fine. All right. So, <laughs> is this the Commanders are a mess, or is this? A little dangerous because they're likely to, to to catch a little fire and get their act together because of all this stuff. It's offensively you got a bunch of guys that you need to change the cultures. I don't think that the commanders are a mess. I I think EB's changing the mindset and changing the culture out there. Well, I'm telling you this, man. You want to talk about games? If you're going to have a season here in Denver, you got to win. You got to win that game. You got to win those first two. Oh man, you, you got to really, take care you, of business. You got to be two and zero, oh. dude. I don't know about the Jets. We'll see. With did you watch Hard Knocks? Yeah. (laughs) I will get to your review of Hard Knocks. And uh, I think there was a little subtle thing going on with Sean Payton in terms of Hard Knocks. And we'll tell you what happened with the Broncos and Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett on Hard Knocks coming up next. It's Training Camp 2023. Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Presents The Drive. Training Camp Analysis, Training Camp 2023. Brought to you by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Thank you, Lincoln Tech. Uh, Hard Knocks, Mace, give us your review of what you saw with Hard Knocks. Oh, you know, I said this on Twitter or X or whatever the heck it is now, last night. Honestly, I was happy to see Nathaniel Hackett finding the QA again because as last year went on, the team was struggling. Remember when he seated play calling uh, to Clint Kubiak? Yep. And oh, yeah. It was, he it just, was just looks oh. so lost. Well, the first one was Jer Bear being hired. Yeah. You know, that, that. Oh. He, Week three. He'd lost, he'd lost his joy. He'd, he'd lost his sparkle. And it, honestly, it's 
seeing what it was like in the off season when there was a lot of optimism, it was cool to see. You know, that, that gleam in his eye. Okay, so you saw Hackett with Rodgers. If Hackett yeah. was with Rodgers last year, what's the Broncos' record? Uh, probably right around where the Packers' record ended up being. 9-8? Um, 9-8, 10-7, somewhere around there. All right. If it's 9-8 and eight last year, what is it this year? Same combo meal. Hackett and Rodgers. What do you think the Broncos are at if they were 9-8 and eight last year? Now you're rolling into year two with the two of them. Yeah, give me double digits because right? now you, you, yeah, you're, you're going to have people looking at the Broncos saying, I want to go play there. Did you have any sort of Broncos envy looking at uh, Hard Knocks with Hackett and Rodgers last night? It, did, it made me think that's probably what George Payton wanted it to look like when he hired Nathaniel Well, no Hackett. kidding. Yes. Right? That's what you... That now, here's, play, what, here's what I saw. Was isn't, Aaron. It, isn't it Nathaniel Hackett's fault real, not realizing that Russell Wilson is not Aaron Rodgers? But what's he supposed to do? I mean, it's it's almost an impossible situation. you got to see, like in Hard Knocks, when you see Hackett and Rodgers together, they think the same thoughts They without even saying it. They're, they don't have to build a relationship. Everything with Russ and Hackett was building a relationship from absolute scratch. And they didn't know each other. They didn't have any relationship. And they didn't vibe the same way. Like, you see the way that Rogers and Hackett vibe on, like, the, the movie references and things like that. They're speaking the same language. I don't know that that re- – I don't think that resonated well, quite the right. same way with Russ. Who Tell does? them, hey, we're going in a different direction after week one. Because Who? after week one, they played Seattle, and Russ kept on talking about, hey, they're going to play this certain coverage. And you realize that they're not doing it. If you're Nathaniel Hackett, you're the coach, so you got to kind of reel this thing back in. Who does speak the same language as Russ? Who speaks the same language as Russ? Yeah, if Rodgers and Hackett um, who, speak the same language, who speaks the same language as Russ? Who's this guy? It's uh, Jake Heaps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, he's his employee. Like what? That's the only person in the, the threes. All right. You're, does does oh. Sean Payton and Russ speak the same language? No. I Sean Payton is learning a new language. Yeah, I think they're trying. Oh, Russ Sarr yeah. is learning a new language. I think they're trying to find a common language. The question would be, and we don't know much about this yet because he's only relatively new in the job. Does Davis Webb speak that language? Uh, that's a QB coach. That's a good question. That might be the answer. If right he there. can, there's the conduit. Yeah, because I I've been around Sean Payton a, a bunch now. Davis Webb has to speak multiple languages. He has to be yeah, well, in he multiple had, languages. He's, uh, he's got to be fluent in Russ, whatever that might be, <laughs> which can't be the easiest thing. And he he needs to be the conduit probably between Russ and Lombardi and and uh, and Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything that Sean Payton has in common with Russ. I mean, like nothing aside from we like football. All right, basketball, too. Okay, well, all right. But I just don't see a lot of personality traits. I see more personality traits that would connect Hackett to Wilson than Payne's head to Wilson. That can be a good starting point, though. And, and hey, there are, there are a lot of examples around football where just that's enough yeah. to that's create enough. that cohesion. Yeah. Okay, well, it was um, it was interesting watching it. I'll tell you what to watch, too, if you have time. This Johnny Manziel documentary... Mm-hmm. It's queued up for tonight. Dude, I forgot so many of those details. It just wasn't a big deal in my life. I, I just didn't pay that close of attention to to the detailed details. Like, I certainly knew he was a big deal at A&M. Yeah. I, I, knew, I knew it went sideways with Cleveland. I, you know what? See, 
Hmm. See, I don't mind I don't if want you to spoil, spoil it for me, but the listeners probably mind if right. you spoil it for them. All right, all right. Um, how should I do this? The lies that Johnny Manziel and his family put together are... KJ, did you see it? Have you seen it, the Johnny Manziel thing? I have not. It's on the docket for tonight. All right, I, all right, I won't spoil it for anybody, but it, I don't think it spoils it to say he's, he's an unbelievable liar. Mm. And um, and his his family was complicit in an outrageous way for a couple of his bigger lies. It's um, wild. What are you going to do as a family when you got a family member getting ready to be the number one overall pick? I don't know, man. Can you just all right? Let me give you one. Let me give you one. Yeah, give me one. Give, give you one. He's not from a rich oil family. Mm. But but don't you remember him making you know that. That's why he had the nice car, and that's why he could go to the parties, and that's why he had the watches. Mm. He had all that because he was doing these autograph signings once a month where he was going with his buddy and, and getting thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm. And they just lied about the parents being from oil money. Yeah. They, had nothing, they were an upper-middle-class family. Man, and then I heard about They the, weren't rich. I heard about the failed drug test uh, heading into the NFL combine. Oh, okay. We can keep he going down with the story. He failed one at the combine. Well, he got he got wasted five days before the combine after getting in great shape. Mm. And and he had had the fourth string quarterback doing all of his drug tests at Texas A and M. Yeah, <laughs> drug tests in college are easier. So do you know how he got drug tests in the NFL? Well, hold on. As long as we're talking about this, how he got out of the drug test of the combine? You know what he did? Out of it? Yeah. You know what he did? Um, sleeping, missed it. It was he first had his parents check into a hospital to say there was some sort of emergency, and he had to go because his dad was like in the hospital, well, or his mom was in the hospital. One of them was in the hospital. Well, that's a little bit too much. So he went to like check in, but before they could get to the drug test thing, he was like, "Well, my mom's in the hospital. I got to go." Wow, this guy, uh, and you don't think that this guy has a problem? The NFL could have did a better job of, of of enforcing that and making sure that they got to him during that process. You're in Indianapolis for a couple of days. You're not just there. You're like a fly-in, fly-out situation. And the drug test happens very quick when you're at the combine. If I'm watching this, and my jaw is dropped because I cannot believe this actually happened yeah. not all that long ago. However, there's one point of sympathy for Manzo. Let me run this past you. They needed a new stadium. A new stadium that cost like $700 million. They got the funding for the stadium because he was that popular. There's a question, well, who meant more to A&M, Von Miller or Manziel? It's not even close. It's not even close. They built like a $700 million stadium on the back of his name. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. That's unbelievable. How much should he? How much should he get? How much should he get? How much should he get if you're building a seven hundred million dollars stadium on his back? Uh, how much should he, he get? He definitely should get the watches and the nice cars. <laughs> he definitely should get that at the very least, in my opinion. Right, and 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 now, if it was today with NIL, this would not be an issue. He wouldn't need to go do those signings. He would just, I mean, what would he be making? Yeah, he'd be making five or six million dollars just to be the quarterback there. And why At would that he ever, school? Yeah, yeah, and why would he ever leave? <laughs> he wouldn't come out early. Yeah, I'm not gonna go to the NFL. I'm just gonna stick around here, and you know, could I, could I? 
be a coach or could we whatever your eligibility out? Well, you'll see it very in, in the very first scene of the documentary. He's still a hero down there. Absolutely, he can go down there and you know probably if I was do our right live not too far from that campus. He could live on those hero days for for a long, long time. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by Great Range Premium Bison. And we'll get to what Sean Payton had to say. That might have been a little bit of a dig on Nathaniel Hackett coming up next. Training Camp 2023, Great Range Premium Bison presents The Drive. Steve back with Orlando, KJ. This is a little bit long, but I think it's kind of cool. It's the importance of Sean Payton and communicating and getting the plays in. Orlando, we all remember... I don't know, man. What was the most humiliating part of last year? Uh, week two against the Houston Texans. The countdown. There's a countdown. That was the most the humiliating fans. part. Yeah. That was more humiliating than fans walking out of the stadium in a tie game going into overtime? Uh, I left in the third quarter when they <laughs> the defense got the interception and the Broncos weren't able to get even into field goal range when they got the ball on Indy's, like, 42. They couldn't get, like, seven yards. I was, I was like, oh, I'm out. We're punting this thing? Are you kidding me? I'm out. Okay, so the countdown to you is the most – in a game they won, by the way. They, yes. they, they, won, they won that game. The order of football operations. You're going to get in some tough games where it's just not going the right way, but getting to play in and being able to get it in on time, oh, man, like that's something that we start doing. You should start doing that right when training camp starts, communicating over a headset and calling the play in and being able to call those plays crisp and make sure you get to the line of scrimmage. Like that's something that should have been worked on from week two in training camp well, moving it's, forward. it's a big point of emphasis that they're – it is a big point of emphasis. You know, they're trying to make things quicker. They're trying to get things going. And uh, here's Sean Payne about that process. 90% of the errors come from the sender, and so I'm the sender. And so, you know, my eyes aren't getting any better, and but it's important that I'm quick. Or if Joe's calling it, you know, he's quick. Whoever's given the play through the headset, it's quick and efficient. But the obvious thing is to get to the line of scrimmage with as much time as possible and so the less time you have, the less you can do at the line of scrimmage. So in and out, up and down, on and off, quickly with the personnel. You know, every once in a while as a play caller, you can get caught watching the game. And you need to be, you know, pressing that button um, right when the play ends. And so you got you to gotta start thinking, all right, if it's first and 10 and you call a play. Now, I'm pretty upbeat. And I would say glass half full, but I'm looking at my second and ten thoughts, assuming it's incomplete, and then quickly shifting gears. So getting getting the play in fast um, to the quarterback is the key. And then, uh, and so we're trying to really stress these guys right now, so that the game it becomes a little easier. And so we're on them about getting up to the line of scrimmage. We're on them. Um, and so occasionally there'll be, you know, I'll repeat the play, you know, and the, and when you have a fixed game plan, then it's easy to know here are the formations, and by the end of the week you have it. When you have a, a glossary of training camp, you know, you you try to reduce some of the variables, 
the, the key for us Friday night is to be able to evaluate our players. And the last thing I want is players getting bogged down because of a shift in emotion. So let's go play, and then we'll get into the specifics when the season starts. How quickly would that happen in, in your day? When when how, how would it work with Payton back in the day? Um, the, the order operations, if we're calling plays, mm. huddle up, huddle up. Uh, what Sean Payton's talking about, pressing that button right after the play ends. It's now he's able to communicate with the quarterback, right? So he's pressing the button to tap into the headset and the mic, the speakers that's going off in the quarterback's head. He's able to get the play in, hoping that the quarterback goes through his mechanics, says the play twice in the huddle, ready, break, jog up to the line of scrimmage, and you want the play clock to be around 22, 23 seconds because if you could get to the line of scrimmage and there's 23 seconds left, now you, can you have yeah. eight seconds left to communicate with that quarterback. Right. So what if like a guy like Joe Lombardi up in the booth sees that, I don't know, you're playing against the Miami Dolphins week three mm-hmm. and Jalen Ramsley was slow to get up, but now he's right, jogged off the field. Now you start thinking, okay, do I have another play where I got to go to immediately? But I could communicate to Russell Wilson and mm. say, hey, Russ, Jalen Ramsey's off the field. Right after this, we're going to go hurry up and keep him off the field, right? Because we're going to try to expose this person. So the next play in that I'm coming with is going to be at a play that we're going at that cornerback. And we're not going to let the Dolphins get Ramsey back on the field. We're going to try to keep on going down the field. Right, so it's just so many little things like that where it's a little advantage, but mm-hmm. it can lead to points. But you got to repeat it. You got to do it. It's got to be a habit, right? Yes, a habit for sure. And their precedent. And and was that a habit last year? No. no. So what was last year? A disaster. I, I think, they weren't getting the calls at all. I, I think Nathaniel Hackett was indecisive with his play calls, with where he wanted. And if to you're go. waiting four or five seconds, that is forever. Oh yes, right. That that that, that is forever. But also, you're calling out these long plays, and some of these plays have motions that are attached, and there's certain alignments. You're trying to get a good read on the defense before the snap. Is it cover zero, or is it cover one, or are they man-to-man, or they're staying in zone? Sometimes when that play comes out too too late, you're breaking the huddle on a quarterback saying, hey, just line up in it, just line up in it, and really? you're rushing to the line of scrimmage. Like whatever. Yeah, just get yeah, there. Line up to the end spot. Line up oh to, to the, the final formation. We can't do this window dressing. We can't get a beat on the defense. We can't get a look at the defense do you think guys before on, snapping the ball. Do you think guys of the Broncos would just line up with just absolutely no clue whatsoever what was about to happen? Last year, just like, I have no idea what's happening here. No, they knew what was happening as far as what they were asked to do on on the offense, but I think more often than not, they had no idea what the defense was doing. Okay. And if, just think about it like this. If you're wide receiver one and wide receiver two, but now versus zone, wide receiver two is getting the ball on this play yeah. versus man, wide receiver one's getting the ball on this play, and now you just got to line up in it. You have no idea where the ball's going. All right, how about play. this? How many times do you think they were lined up? They knew what they were doing, but as soon as they lined up, they were like, oh, this ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I think a lot of times that, that Just like, and we, it's too late to change anything. Yeah, you can't change anything. You got to roll with it. So we're, just, we're about to just run a play that we just have probably no hope for, of working whatsoever. Yeah. How often and did that happen? Maybe it's a little guy steps off the gas. He doesn't think the ball's coming to him because he knows now this play is not going to work. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work again. Orlando signing a cool little deal with ESPN for the ACC Network. Way to go. 
congratulations to you. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Doing games uh, on the weekends for... Every weekend. Every, every weekend week, every starting week. uh, May, wow. uh, September 2nd. That is got, awesome. Got Syracuse week one. They're going to win that 1D. Against Colgate? I hope so. We'll polish them off. See Salami. You didn't, you didn't like that joke? Colgate will polish them off. I thought it was good. No, it was great. Who's Cecil going to be yelling at tonight? Who nobody. Are you, nobody. Russ is balling, baby. Nobody. nobody. Cecil's, it's going to be Happy Cecil? Happy Cecil. Oh, there's got to be somebody. You I mean, got the exclusive with PS2 as well? I mean, Come you on, know. baby. It's got, life's good right now, Cecil, right? My wife was asking me about Cecil's hair the other day. It's like, what is going on? I mean, it is it is flowing. Beautiful it is, hair. It, oh, I mean, it is unreal. Beautiful. Listen, all of that and a dose of anger. Just give him like seven minutes. It, it'll come. At some point. Denver Sports tonight coming up next with our guy, Cecil Lammy on 104.3 The Fan.